0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porn of the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and it's good to be here with you. Um, Hope you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday here in 2023 as we close down the year, just one more month. And uh, yeah, so I hope that uh, 2023 has been one of... Uh, great blessing on your life that you've, you've seen, um, from God and that you've recognized from God. And, uh, I always find Thanksgiving is a incredible time just to reflect and praise God for all of the good gifts that he's given us. But this really should be, uh, our entire life, right? This should be our entire attitude. And so many times we get caught up in what we feel are all of our struggles, all of our disappointments, uh, Maybe even a little bit of victim mentality, uh, like why is my life so bad? But honestly, guys, if we looked at uh, all of history, when you could have been born in all of history, where you could have been born in all of history, I think there's probably ample opportunity for us to give uh, God incredible praise, honor, and glory. Uh, The fact that we're even able to communicate this way uh, is, is pretty, pretty amazing. All right, let's get going. I told you all last episode that I was going to be doing these a little bit more often. And and simply the reason is, is because I just wanted to, um, just want to share just as transparently as possible, um, how I think about this life with Christ from every believer, but specifically for a believer uh, in Christ who is struggling with habitual sin, a man who's struggling with habitual sin. So I I look at a lot of this through this lens, but the amazing thing is that like scripture is profitable no matter who you are, where you are in your walk in Christ, right? So if you're listening to this and you're a 16-year-old who's struggling with porn or whether you're a 63-year-old struggling with porn, it doesn't even matter. Like, This gospel is good, and this gospel is enough for us. And so I want to just, I'm just taking some notes from, actually from my uh, personal study in the book of John, and I'll probably be doing this for some time. But what I want to talk about today really is this idea of discipleship with Christ. What does that look like? And one of the problems that we as men face when we are, when we're addicted to pornography, masturbation, or really any other kind of form of what I call sedation, it's just a way of, uh, not dealing with the truth and, um, escaping into something that we feel makes us better, right? And it does make us feel better because there's a chemical release in our brain, this dopamine that feeds that desire that we have and makes us feel good when we're searching for things. And so it's just this instant gratification. So I want to talk to us about how this is very, very different than the life of Christ being discipled by Christ. And so I'm pulling from John 1, 43 through 51. So let me read this passage to us, and then we're gonna, just going to walk through it. And I'm just going to share some things uh, that I was thinking about and what I journaled about in my personal study with you. So here we go. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip of Jesus calling his disciples right so he had just called andrew and presumably who we presume to be john he had just called them and then it says he found philip and so the one of the interesting things is in just these short few verses the word found and how many times it's used it says he found philip and said to him, follow me. And then it says in verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of who Moses and the law and the prophets wrote. And, and so it's just this like f- three different times we see Jesus found Philip, Philip found Nathanael, and then Philip told Nathanael, we found him. And it's this, this thought that, You and I, when we embark on this life with Christ, it is truly Jesus Christ who finds us. Like He finds us, and he calls us to follow him. He calls us to follow him. And this made me think of uh, a famous quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer that says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And this is the life of a disciple. It's one of following Jesus, taking up your cross, denying yourself in order to produce the life that Christ desires through you for other people. And so even though we don't know him well, we, when we are found by Jesus, he invites us to come and see. So he said that in verse 39, chapter 1, verse 39. He says, come and you will see. When he asked them, what are you seeking? They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said, come and you will see. And so this life, this discipleship with Christ is initiated by God because Jesus found them, and then he called them. And what does he call them to? He calls them to an abiding relationship. So, brother, this is the same for you and I. Your salvation was initiated by Jesus Christ. It is kept by Jesus Christ. And he tells us, come and follow me, abide with me, hang out with me. so one of the first things that I started thinking about is, What does my life look like? Like, does my life resemble one of discipleship to Jesus? Am I coming to Jesus on a daily basis to hang out with him? His disciples were with him every day of his adult ministry. We're assuming. Now, he may have gone off into remote places to to be alone and to pray and all that, but his disciples were always near him, always close to him. And you and I will never truly see him. When he says, come and you will see, you and I will never truly come and see who he is without spending much time alone with him. We'll never understand the true weight and the power of our calling without our eyes and our ears and our hearts being supernaturally opened by Jesus. And guess what? Guys, this takes time. It takes humility. It takes prayer. It takes obedience. And so I and, and of all these of all these things that I just mentioned, I believe humility and time are the most important. These are the things that you and I can control. Humility to come before the Lord on a daily basis to say, you know best when you call me to be your disciple. You encourage me to spend time with you every day. You know best. So Lord, I'm going to do that. And then give yourself time. Now, listen, there are a lot of men out there that are seeking a quick fix to their struggle with pornography and masturbation. But brothers, let me tell you something. This comes with much time. It comes with time with the lord humble prayer listening to jesus and doing what he asks like the simple things that he asks not not some great massive like as men a lot of times we have this incredible calling we want to go out and start this ministry or you know we want to preach the gospel, or we want to share Christ with as many people as we can, and yet we're not even willing to do the very, very simple things that he's asked us to do. And so that takes humility to really have a heart of self-examination and say, God, am I doing what you want me to do? And this is what I was wrestling with as I studied this. I'm just wrestling. Lord, am I being obedient to the simple things? Am I being obedient in The things that I listen to, this could be music, this could be podcasts, this could be um, books, this could be other people. Lord, are there things that, the simple things that I could remove, the movies that I watch, the TV shows that I watch, how much time I spend on social media? Like being found by Jesus and delivered from a life of eternal damnation is a free gift of grace. Like, this is all of God. He finds, he rescues us, he delivers us. However, this new identity as God's child carries with it a great responsibility. It's a call to both die to ourselves and to truly live. In verse 51, it's this kind of a strange verse. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. And I was reading a commentary and he he explained that this was, um, it points back to Jacob having his dream when he slept on the rock. He he laid his head down and had this dream, and he saw angels ascending and descending on a ladder from heaven to earth. And so this commentator was like, "This is Jesus is the true ladder who brings us to God. Jesus is the ladder sent from heaven to bring us safely home. This is what Jesus meant. He, he meant he's going to be the ladder that connects us to heaven, to God. So I was just thinking about all of this in relation to like true discipleship with Jesus. What does it look like? What does it mean for the man of God? And and then this life of um, sexual uh, struggle, sexual compulsion, like these these impulses that we have. Like this is one of the biggest things that men struggle with are just these— these cravings that they have for pornography, for uh, sexual sin. And truly we know if you've been doing it every single day, or if you've been doing it every other day, or if you've been doing it once a week or twice a week or whatever, you, it gets to become a habit for you. And guess what? Your brain chemistry works against you in this. And so we do, we do know that not every man who is, Found by Jesus and who experiences salvation from eternal damnation walks in true freedom. Like I was just thinking about myself, I walked as a slave to sin for many years. And I, I, looking back, I believe I was afraid to die to myself or die to these things. I was holding on to certain sins and I was just fearful of giving up my drug of choice. That drug of choice medicated me. Like when I was down, when I was feeling discouraged, when I was lonely, when I was afraid, when I was sad, I always had with me a drug ready to lift me up. And this is what pornography does. This is what the dopamine does in our brain. It is the feel-good drug, the gotta have it drug. And, and brothers, let me tell you, it's not just pornography. Like we are in a dopamine-rich culture dopamine producing rich culture everything from our cell phones to social media to online gambling to food anything can serve to medicate us alcohol drugs pills marijuana like Whatever we're holding on to to medicate us. This is this is the thing. We have to make a decision. Are we willing to give that up for a life of true discipleship with Christ? And I think a lot of times we say yes. Yes, I I, I do want to I, I want to do this, but there's a lot of anxiety that comes with giving up. Our drug of choice, and so I started reading a book a couple of weeks ago called "Dopamine Nation." Uh, it's uh, from everything I can tell, it's a secular book uh, written written by uh, a lady named Anna Lemke, but I highly recommend it. Learning a lot, and guys, I, I've I think I've always said, and I hope. You know, that some of you are doing this, I would become a student of this whole issue that you struggle with. And understanding your brain chemistry is definitely one of those things. Uh, I, I have this course, naturalpornkiller.com, and it's a free course you can take. I do have a whole section on pornography in your brain, and I'm pulling that from some great resources. Uh, there's a website and a book called uh, Your Brain on Porn, I believe, is what it's called. There's other books written from even from a Christian's perspective that that talks about pornography and the brain, but there's no doubt, like, this is an issue. And so, understanding this will help you, like, step back and go, okay, what is happening to me? What is happening to me? But I want to read you. An excerpt because the challenge is, is: once pornography, once we decide, hey, it's no longer pornography for me, and the Lord brings you into freedom, the danger is, is that we exchange it for some other form of um, dopamine fix, some other form of addiction. And it's, that's called cross-addiction or. I like to call cross-sedation. I'm just exchanging pornography for what? For alcohol or food or, or marijuana, whatever the case is. So I'm going to read you an excerpt um, that, I, that I read right after I did my study in the morning. She says this, in today's dopamine-rich ecosystem, we're, we've all become primed for immediate gratification. Now, guys, I'm going to pause here. This is what pornography is. It's immediate gratification. It's I want something now. I want to feel good now. I don't want to wait until later. I don't want to do the hard work. If you're married, I don't want to do the hard work of building intimacy with my wife and and, and wrestling through our issues. Uh, it's easier for me to go to pornography. It's instant gratification. So she she goes on. We want to buy something, and the next day it shows up on our doorstep. We want to know something, and the next second the answer appears on our screen. Are we losing the knack of puzzling things out or being frustrated while we search for the answer or having to wait for the things that we want? The neuroscientist Samuel McClure and his colleagues examined what parts of the brain are involved in choosing immediate versus delayed rewards. They found that when participants chose immediate rewards, emotion processing parts of the brain lit up. So there's a part of your brain that's, that deals with emotion. And so she says, or they said that that part lights up. When participants delayed their reward, the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain involved in planning and abstract thinking, became active. The implication here is that we are all now vulnerable to prefrontal cortex atrophy as our reward pathway has become the dominant driver of our lives. So let me explain what she's talking about. When you and I go back and back and back to this dopamine sedation form with pornography and masturbation, when we go back and back, we are our our, our the part of our brain that thinks critically, that makes decisions, um, that that can look forward to reward and say, you know what, I'm going to discipline myself now because I know that the reward coming is greater. That part of your brain begins, like it it's not being used, and so your critical thinking. Begins to erode. And so we become accustomed to just tripping this reward system, this emotional reward system, like give me, give me, give me, this limbic system in the brain that is the craving part of your brain. So the prefrontal cortex helps you stop and slow down and think for a bit. But when you feed your Um, your limbic system, so much dopamine, you become so accustomed to it, you lose the ability to think about long-term rewards. And so this is what I want you to take away. Finding, following, and faithfully obeying Jesus is a lifelong journey And yes, it has reward here, 100%. I have discovered the reward of peace and joy and purpose and power in Christ. So that is for you now. But also the greatest reward is delayed to the life to come. And so when we make most of our decisions based on instant gratification and not long-term reward— we lose more and more the ability to think into the future how do your dopamine how do your dopamine brain dumps impact your eternal perspective i can promise you that it impacts it greatly and so going back to jesus calling his disciples when he called them He didn't call them to a life of instant gratification. He called them to a lifelong journey of learning. And as far advanced as Paul was in his life with Christ, he still said, I don't think that I've obtained it. Like I'm forgetting what is behind, both good and bad, and I'm striving and straining forward. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to keep going. I'm I'm like an athlete running his race, and I'm going to run it with endurance. I'm going to discipline my body. Guys, just think about the analogy of working out. Like nobody goes to the gym and can truly expect to see results in day 1. But do you know what's more rewarding than 12 months of working out at the gym and eating healthy, you know its more rewarding? It's eating horribly because it's instant gratification. It's immediate gratification. And this is why, here we come on to, into the year 2024, this is why so many men and women will set goals or or at least talk about goals or <clears throat> hardly anybody writes them down. But they may think about them. They may say, yes, I'm going to change. And so they keep this dialogue inside themselves because they truly know that that they probably will not follow through with it. And the gyms are filled in January, and they start to thin out in February. And by March, they're empty. And the people that you see in the gym are the same people that have been there year after year after year. Like my discipleship with Christ of spending time with, I'll never, ever, ever <laughs> reach full maturity until I see him face to face. But you know what I can do? I can, I can, I can give him my life today because I'm believing the promise that comes tomorrow in the next year and I believe that the Lord is doing something. I believe it. And so by faith I want to come to him today and say, "Lord, I may I may not see all that you're doing. Like I, I'm not I may not. I do not see all that you're doing. Not only in my life, but in the life of the people that I'm praying for. Maybe in the life of brothers who are listening to this podcast right now, but Lord, I will keep going because I believe there is a reward and I can trust you with that reward. Lord, just allow me to be faithful to follow you, faithfully walk in your ways. So guys, I hope this is an encouragement to you just as it was to me. This came from uh, yesterday morning as I was reading, and I just want to encourage you brothers we we need to think very very critically about the dopamine that we're taking that we're releasing in our brain and how we're doing that. Not only with pornography and masturbation, but what other forms of like instant gratification are we giving ourselves to? What other forms do we need to repent of? Uh, in this book, uh, Anna Limpke, uh she mentions this this like she, there's this self-binding. So there's this idea of self-binding which you can do. Self-binding is, hey, I'm going to put physical limits between myself and my ability to get at something, right? So uh, a, a form of self-binding may be and you may have blockers on your phone or whatever the case is. You may have you may have your spouse or your accountability partner have to enter in passwords to download an app. I've, you know, I've heard everything, which is which is great. She but she even talks about this uh, thing is called K-safe, which is like a kitchen safe. And it's a clear, impenetrable, hard plastic. You can open it up. You can put things in it. And a lot of people put food or they put their phones in it or they put something and they set a timer. And that timer can be, uh, you know, two hours or that timer could be two days. I read one lady... I looked at the, I just pulled some up on Amazon because I was like, this is a great idea. Pulled some up on Amazon. And I saw one lady had put, um, she put her ambient in there because she realized she was becoming addicted to using Ambient to sleep at night. But what if your phone, what if your phone is your biggest struggle? And so what if you locked up your phone and set it for however long that evening that you thought before you go to bed or locked it up until the morning. Hey, I know my wife is going out of town. Uh, she leaves at 6 tonight or whatever. She's going out with friends, so I'm going to lock my phone up for that amount of time as opposed to having it sit there and just call out to you. So that's a technique that's called self-binding. So maybe that'll help. Go look up KSafe on Amazon, buy one. All right, guys, I hope uh, this has been beneficial to you, and uh, I'll be back actually pretty soon with another episode of Porn of the Gospel.